Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. My name is Matt. I'm one of the leaders here at Ivy Church. And it's a great honor, a great privilege to be able to bring God's word to, to us as a church family this morning. As we already know, we are in our series called Get Fruity. Uh, great title for a series, I think. You can agree with me on that. And we are talking about faithfulness. There's going to be a lot of talk about faithfulness. And we've already asked you the question, what do you think faith is or what do you think faithfulness is? Throughout this series, we've been asking you to score yourself 1 to 10 on how good you are or how you rate yourself in regards to the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about. The common understanding for me uh, from, what I, from what I've been hearing about faithfulness, and when you look about at faithfulness, is that a lot of people will assume that it just relates to the words such as loyal um, or um, you can trust me, I'm trustworthy, therefore I am faithful. So an example for that, for me, I'm a married man. Like, I'm faithful to my wife because um, she can trust me. I, I haven't cheated on her. I don't intend to do that. And she can trust me, and I'm loyal to her. My allegiance is with her. And yes, that is a one way for us to look at what faithfulness is. But this morning, I want us to kind of have a different angle on this word faithfulness. And do you know what? The clue is in the word itself. Because this morning, I want to bring us a word I believe God is saying to us that he's like, if you want to be faithful, then you need to be full of faith. If you want to be faithful, you've got to be full of faith. And we're going to explore that a little bit this morning as we study the word. But I want to share with you just a quick short story um, about myself. So I was 18. I went on my first and sadly last lad's holiday. Um, if you're a lad out there and you've been on a lad's holiday, you all know what I'm talking about here. We were going to Cuba of all places. What a great place to go to. Holiday was fantastic for the first three days. Day four, we get a letter through our, um, our room door to say that a hurricane is on its way and it's going to hit the island. Day five, somehow, um, and it really was somehow, we managed to get on a coach that was actually evacuating all the residents from the hotel to another hotel. Now, I thought at the time, great, we're going further inland. That makes a lot of sense. When we got to the next hotel, I saw a sign for the beach. I thought either that is a heck of a long walk or we've not gone inland. Um, as it transpired, we were still on the coast, but apparently in a safer position. Um, day six comes around and the hurricane hits. Now, a few stats for the statisticians out there. This was a Category 4 hurricane. This is the second um, most damage-caused hurricane to Cuba in its history. It caused over $76 billion worth of damage. This wasn't just a gentle breeze. This was a mighty force of wind. I ask myself the question now, what got me through that time? And I think it was faith. The faith that I had helped me get through that crisis that moment where everything was potentially, or was actually, uncertain. I've got a question for you this morning. What moments in your life have required you to have faith? 
What moments in your life have required you to have faith? You see, so often we put faith in many different things. We put it in ourselves. I put faith in myself, in my own abilities. I put faith in others. I put faith in uh, systems. I put faith in things, physical objects. If you're sat on a chair this morning, your faith is the fact that that chair won't collapse and you don't fall over. You know, these things are okay um, to be putting faith in others, ourselves. You know, for me, in that moment when I was on holiday, I had faith in my friends. They were a little bit older than me. My faith was that they were going to see me through this and they would look after me. I had faith in the holiday rep. They were supposed to be the ones to know what to do and how to get us home. I had faith, ultimately, in the hotel that we were in, that it wouldn't collapse, despite seeing the roof half blown off. There was some faith there that I was going to be okay. But as I say, faith in these things are okay, and it's quite natural to do that. But they're fragile. And the problem with fragility is that it breaks under pressure. When you face pressure... When you face crisis, when you face those moments in your life, what and who you have your faith in matters. What or who you have your faith in matters. What pressures are you in today? Maybe you're sat there and you don't know the future of your work situation. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's personal. Maybe there's mental health going on. What pressures are in your life and what and who are you putting your faith in to get you through those times? You know, whether you would say you have a faith or not, you do. Whether you think about it consciously or subconsciously, we all are putting faith in something or someone. But I've got good news for you this morning because I want to introduce to you to someone, someone who you can put your faith in. Someone who doesn't crack under pressure. Someone who is fully reliable, trustworthy. Someone who is willing to stick by you no matter what. You know, I want to introduce you to the author, to the creator, to the perfecter of faith. I want to introduce you to Jesus. Because if you want to be full of faith, if you want to be faithful and you want to be full of faith, then you've got to go to the source. You've got to go to the giver, and that is Jesus Christ. And maybe you already know him, and amen, praise God that you know him, and that you can put your faith in him. But maybe today is your first encounter. And if that's you, then welcome. I want to introduce you to this guy called Jesus. Either way, wherever we are on our faith journey today, I believe God is saying, I want you to be filled. I don't just want you to have a little bit. I want you to be filled. I want you to be full of faith. So let's pray real quick this morning. Lord, thank you for just being who you are. That in this moment in our lives, when we are just in a sense of uncertainty, when we don't know what's going on from one day to the next, when everything around us looks to be crumbling, Lord, I thank you that you've sent your son, Jesus, that we could have faith in him and faith to the full. Lord, would you fill us this morning, I pray. Amen. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. 
the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Great. Thank you so much, Phil, for reading that scripture. He was reading from Luke chapter 7, 1 to 10, if you want to open up your Bibles and and be following that through as we we unpack that a little bit. You know, when I was reading that passage, I was thinking, surely nothing would amaze Jesus. Surely there is nothing on this earth that would amaze him. After all, he said, he claims to be the Son of God, and he is one of the Trinity. He is God. Surely God is not amazed if he made all things and knows all things, yet we read in this scripture that Jesus was amazed. You know, there's two times in in scriptures in the New Testament that we can read of um, Jesus being amazed. There's one that we've just read here, because of great faith. He was amazed because of someone's great faith. And the second is because of people's lack of faith. Faith is a big deal in the Bible. And as I say, I believe God is speaking to us on that this morning, that he wants us to be filled with his faith. A little bit about a centurion. So this is a Roman soldier. He is in charge of 100 men, hence the term centurion, century. That's where it comes from. So this guy has authority, he has power, he has influence, he was an impressive person to climb up the ranks and be able to be given that position. You know, in some ways he may have been very intimidating to others, yet we find that it wasn't any of these things that you might think would be the thing that amazed Jesus. It wasn't his title. It wasn't his power. It wasn't his authority. It wasn't even his morality or the good deeds that he did for the community. None of that amazed Jesus. We read it was his great faith. He had great faith. Isn't that amazing? One of the most least expected people I would think to to amaze Jesus was this centurion. So I guess that leaves us with a question of what is faith to us? What is it? What are we talking about today? And we've already asked you that question, and maybe you've put your answer down, but let's see what some other people think faith is to them. What is faith to me? Um, Faith. Faith, I think, is a combination of confidence and peace. Yeah, faith. Um, 
sorry. <laughs> These are really good questions. Trust. Um, I'm confirmed if that helps. I am CNE Anglican, which means I go to church for my grand on Christmas and Easter. Believing without seeing. He also has faith in me that their next step after this interview will be food. food yeah. I don't think faith has to do with religion. Don't know, I don't know how to describe faith. It is believing in something that even you haven't seen it yourself. Something that gets you through the day. So faith, I think, is clearly many things to many people. And I guess if um, we were to go through everyone's opinion of what faith is to them, we would have many different answers. But I want to look at what the Bible says about faith for us today. And we can read it quite clearly in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. A confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. Let's just pick this apart a little bit. So confidence in what we hope for. When we look at the centurion, we see that he comes with a confidence. A confidence and a hope. You see, faith and hope are like a married couple. They're together. When we have, fill, when we have more faith, when we're filled with faith, then we've got Hope that things will happen, that there's a new day coming. With faith, there is hope. And we see that in the centurion. You see, when he asked Jesus to, to come, that's exactly what he says. He says, come and heal my servant. He doesn't say, oh, would you mind coming and giving a diagnosis? And, you know, if you can help him out, that would be great. Um, but I understand it might be a little bit tricky and, oh, I'm not too sure whether you can. But do you just want to come and take a look? Because I've heard that you've done some things and that would be really great. No. The way in which he asks is confidently, come and heal my servant. The hope was for healing and the confidence was in the ask. What are your hopes today? And who or what are you confident in? Are you confident in the hope that is set out before you? And then it says assurance. An assurance about what we do not see. You know, it's easy to believe when we can see it, isn't it? It's so easy to believe when we can see it. That doesn't take faith for us to do that. You know, Jesus even said, blessed are the ones who have not seen and yet believe. You know, this was a wow moment for me when reading this scripture, because you can read this story in two books. You can read it in Matthew, um, which tells it slightly differently. Um, that it, it tells it in a way that you think that the centurion and Jesus are having a face-to-face -face conversation, yet Luke paints it in a different picture. Because what it says in the scriptures is that initially the centurion sent the Jewish elders to go and speak to Jesus and to ask him to come. And then even when they're on their way and the centurion's like, you can't come into my house, he sends his friends to go and do the talking for him. You know, for me when I was reading this, I was like, the centurion hasn't even seen Jesus. He's not the one having the conversation, yet he's got this assurance about what he's going to do. Isn't that amazing? That is a wow moment that even in this moment, the centurion who has not seen, he's only probably heard of Jesus and the miracles that he's been performing, the power that he has and authority to heal. Without seeing, he believes. Without seeing, he believes. You know, for him, that was enough. For that centurion, that was enough. He didn't need to necessarily see Jesus physically 
It was enough to know who he was and the power that he carries. I've got a question for you today. I've got a lot of questions for you today. This is another one. Is knowing Jesus and the power that he has enough for you? Is that enough for you? Or are you someone who's like, I have to see it to believe it? Seeing doesn't take faith. But when we don't see and we step out, that's faith. That is faith. You see, the centurion was described, he wasn't just described as a man of faith. Loads of people are described as that in the Bible, men, women of faith. But he was a man of great faith. He had faith to believe, to believe the power of Jesus, to believe the authority, because he was a man of power and authority too. He knew that when he spoke, soldiers would go and do what they'd been asked to do. He knew that when he commanded something, circumstances changed. You know, when Jesus speaks into your life, things change. He has the power and the authority to change your circumstance, to change your situation. Even though you don't see him, do you believe it? Even though you don't see him, do you have faith in him? And maybe you're sat there listening to this thinking, well, why is faith even relevant to me today? I've got loads of other things that I could be getting on with in my life. Look around. Look at the world around us. Is there not a a greater time for faith than this? Everything is falling apart. Not to put a doom and gloom on this beautiful Sunday morning, because we've got good news in the house today. Now, there's three reasons why I think faith is so important for us, why it's so essential that we fill ourselves with faith. And we're going to go through these quick. Number one, faith gives us strength inner strength in order to deal with what life throws at us. You see, the centurion was strong, muscular, physically. He had soldiers at his disposal, yet it wasn't that physical strength that his faith helped him with. It was an inner strength, the hope that the servant would be healed. Faith gives you courage, number two. It gives you courage. It gives you the ability to step out into your um, uncomfortable zone to step out into something that might scare you. Faith enables us to do that. You see, the centurion was well respected. He was a Roman soldier, and yet he comes and humbles himself to Jesus. Like That is to all his colleagues, like, what are you doing? You don't do that. And yet the faith that he had in Jesus brought him to that place of courage, of stepping out of the status quo. And thirdly, faith gives you a stability, an assurance in the unseen, as we've already said. You know, the the centurion was just so assured of who Jesus was. And we read that in the scriptures. His faith gave him a stability. That doesn't mean that, you know, everything, we don't don't just go through life thinking, oh, I've got faith and therefore nothing um, that happens to me, it'll all be okay. That's not what I'm saying. I was thinking about it like this. You know, there's a story of the the wise and the foolish man who build their house upon the rock and the sand. You know, wisdom is build your house on the rock, but then there's the faith to know that the rock stands firm. We've got to be wise in what we're doing. I'm not saying be naive to life and think that everything's all rosy, but faith helps us through these crisis points. It helps us through times of pressure because it... It shows us that there is a hope, there is something to come in the future. 
I want to explain this whole idea of being filled with faith really simply using this. So I've got a vase here, and it's full of... Um, different ping pong balls. Imagine the vase to be you, your life. And these ping pong balls in here, are, they're like fear. It's anxiety, it's stress, it's worry, it's distraction. It's everything that keeps us away from God and his plans and purposes for our life. I've got some water here. And this water represents faith. You know, and we can add a little bit of faith to our life. And that's okay. Nothing's really changing here. You know, the Bible talks about faith as small as a mustard seed. And that's true, that we only need a little bit of faith. Why? Because God does everything. You know, for me, that verse magnifies the power of God rather than my ability to have a little bit of faith. But we, we want to get more faith. We want to be filled more with faith. And so the balls are starting to shift a little bit here. They're starting to rise to the top. You know, and you've got faith for something You've got faith for maybe one or two things in your life that you're going through. For me, I was thinking, this is like having faith on Sunday, but I'm back to fear on Monday. I don't want to live a life like that. You know, God doesn't want us to live a life like that. He's saying in his passage, I want you to be faithful. And as I start to pour in more and more faith into my life, as I start to receive the gift, because that is what it is, the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, all of these things in my life are now no longer there with a little bit of help from a finger. <laughs> this is what God is asking for you today. Are you willing to be filled with him? Are you willing to be full of faith? Don't let the things of life get in the way. When we're full of faith, we can try to put them back in, but they won't go in because we're full of faith. So what does this mean for us today? What's like the next step that we are going to take? You know, if you already know Jesus and you have a faith in him and you say that, yes, I am a, a Christ follower, that is amazing. And I want to encourage you on your faith journey to, to the things that in, in, you're facing in your life, to have a little bit more faith for that. To receive, ask today to receive the gift of faith again. Because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. If you're someone who's never met Jesus, then maybe today is the start of a brand new life for you. When you accept Jesus into your life, you are made clean. You are made whole. You are made new. And you can live a life that is full of confidence because you have a hope. That you can be assured that there is a God who loves you who will care for you, who provides for you. Will you take that step of faith to say yes? You don't need to know all the answers. You don't need to have even read the Bible to say yes to Jesus and allow him into your life. You know, Jesus isn't impressed by our titles, by our degrees, by our achievements in life. In some ways, he's, he's not as bothered with our fruitfulness as he is with our faithfulness. He calls us to be faithful servants. You know, the centurion, he had it all. He had it all going on. He could have got whatever he wanted in life, and yet he found that all of that power, all of that authority, when it came to a moment of crisis, when it came to a moment where his servant needed help, 
all of the things he had at his disposal at his disposal were worthless they were useless they couldn't help his servant get better he had to go to the end of himself and there he found jesus i wonder this morning will you go to the end of yourself will you humble yourself today to say i need more of you god in my life fill me afresh fill me again so i can be faithful so i can be full of faith you know when jesus looks at your life what does he see does he see a lack of faith or does he see like he saw in a centurion great faith lord would you come and fill us today fill us lord we want your faith to rise up in us to be overflowing to pour it out we're receiving this morning let's worship him together now amen thanks for listening for more podcasts go to ivychurch.org/media